welcome 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 everyone to another exciting episode of between the lines i'm your host ibk today we've got a, a full house we have ramsey arsenal fan Olua Shegun, um ay folu and of course we've got a brand new face with us our first female um panelist her name is lisa and she's also a man you fan so ladies first lisa what's up i'm good yeah, oh, okay. good evening, or morning, or afternoon. Okay. All right, all right. Um, um, what's up with you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, top of the table. I can't even say top of the table. We've been top of the table for a long time, but we remain top of the table, so it's remaining good. Okay, okay, okay. Fulu, welcome back. What's up? Good. It's good to be back. Uh, I'm doing. Um, horrible weekend so far but you know we're back back and um i know the next four games <laughs> is going to be more exciting but let's see all right ay mind you uh, what can i say um we had a good um a good one midweek and um casimiro's red card just stored our revival a couple of hours ago, but we're still in the top four. I mean, that was our aim at the start of the season, so we're still good, good to go. Yeah. Ramsey, Arsenal. Yeah, well, some are celebrating being top four. I'm celebrating being five points clear on top of the <laughs> so, uh, Welcome, everyone. <laughs> welcome, Lisa, uh, our seventh uh, member on this on this project so uh, she's our seventh member actually i feel right in the seventh up and um, she's joined, joined, she's making hey, a video John, on can you side. can you stop i mean this thing happened last week i, I think we're past that now like i said earlier this is a okay welcome lisa our seventh member yeah funny enough funny enough it's seven days after the results Okay, Ola Shegu, run through some of the midweek results and weekend results. Yeah, um, couple, couple um, European games, uh, La Liga, you know, Champions League, Europa League, um, coming through this this during the week. Chelsea turned around uh, a one nil deficit uh, to Borussia Dortmund during the week in the Champions League, winning two nil to qualify. Good, very good results for them. Very good, uh, couple of results for them actually in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Grand Potter is kind of having um, a turnaround there. They they beat they beat uh, Dortmund to advance um, to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Um, and the other game, uh, Bayern knocked out PSG. PSG once again falling short um, of their of their Champions League's uh, Champions League aspirations. Um, very disappointing results for them. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. Uh, it wasn't you know the emotional um, defeat of of the past with the Barcelona one or or, or, or ones of of, of um, other times. But I mean, it was just they just came up short and uh, they 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 are out now and they have to go again next season. Uh, Tottenham lost to AC Milan. So AC Milan. Um, well, they 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 actually didn't lose. They they drew zero zero, but they had lost earlier. So AC Milan um, advanced on on aggregates. Um, disappointing results for Tottenham there. And then in the Europa League, um, Bayer Leverkusen beats French Faros. Um, Sporting Lisbon drew to Arsenal. 
um, they drew with Arsenal, beg your pardon, um, at in, in Lisbon, um, two to resolve there. Juventus beats Freiburg and Manchester United uh, had a very a good a good results against Betis, um, kind of erasing the 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 results of, of the last weekend. So so good good four one win for them there. Um, yeah, away to Betis. Uh, oh sorry, at home against Betis, beg your pardon. And just you know rolling back through to the to the league results, um, Bournemouth. Liverpool to start off the the Premier League weekend on Saturday. Um, Leicester lost to Chelsea, so I just mentioned you know Chelsea have had a, a little revival. Uh, they 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 um they beat Leicester three one. Crystal Palace lost to Manchester City. Um, very very foolish penalty to give away by by Crystal Palace's uh, Michael Lulise. But um yeah, it's just disappointing from a. From from a Arsenal point of view, but yeah, that's that's how it, it, it goes sometimes. And um, yeah, Tottenham actually they, they won three one against Nottingham Forest. Good results for them um, in their in their quest for the top four. And the last couple of results from from the from the Premier League, Fulham or Arsenal beat Fulham three 0 United drew Southampton zero zero. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I would touch on some European results. Um, Napoli beats uh, Atalanta 2-0, Cavracilla getting another goal. Um, uh, let me just look for one more that we could talk about. Nah, Real I don't... Madrid. I, yeah, Real Madrid. Madrid. Uh, yeah, they, they did... They, it was against Espanyol, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they beat Espanyol 3-1. So, yeah, just a good good uh, a rundown of the results of the of the weekend that we can get into the granular uh, details of, of some... Okay, so let's let's start with um, let's start with what happened in the Champions League over the <clears throat> excuse me over midweek in you know in the PSG game against Bayern. Um, they were really flat and they didn't turn up at all. As in PSG, you know, like you you rightly said in the last couple of seasons, you know, it's been a ouch, wow, photo finish. Well, we could have just done this better or we should have done this. But in this one, they just didn't look like they were ready for it. They didn't look up to it. Um, Neymar had gotten injured a couple of weeks earlier. He had to do his surgery, so it was done for the season. Messi didn't, you know, Messi didn't turn up. Mbappe was 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 non-existent basically and Bayern strolled to a 2-0 lead and in contrast with the way they've been playing in Champions League they've, they've barely considered goals in Champions League while they are conceding a lot of goals you know in the, in Bundesliga for fun even mid, you know over the weekend they just lost they won 5-3 they considered first and you know so it's been a very very poor I don't know project for PSG Going going forward, especially with their Champions League hunt, um, AY, what do they need to do better, or do they disband and restructure, bring in Parisian players? You know, what's what's the solution to PSG going forward? AY, uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to something I said in the group stages when I watched um, Benfica against PSG, and I noticed there was a huge you know disconnect between. The three players in front and the rest of the the rest of the team. The problem is the three players in front just want to get the ball. They don't want to help defense. I'm sorry, I got a flu, so my voice is a bit funny. And the what that leads to long term is it causes issues uh, in terms of the balance of the squad. Right, you have too many egos in the team. Uh, Mbappe always wants. To, I mean, I noticed Messi seemed to actually be working for Mbappe, which 
I didn't see how that was supposed to work. I saw that against Bayern too. So the problem is, first things first, you have too many egos. You have a very... The squad used to be a lot more imbalanced. Now it's a bit better. Because uh, now I, I don't think it's so offensive laden like it was in the past. But it's still a bit offensive laden, right? The midfield is not as strong as the attack. The defense is it's a bit better. But once you take out Marquinhos and you take out Akimi. No, there's really no defense anymore. You got um, Ramos, who is getting closer to 40, and so on and so forth. So the first thing is the way the squad is built is not balanced. The second issue is you've got too many egos in the team. Uh, a team where you have Mbappe and Neymar are always calling about we should take the free kick or penalties, or if they don't get a pass, they're upset. Um, uh, like I said, the midfield is a joke, really. Uh, Renato Sanchez barely plays. Uh, Verratti, I don't know. They say he presses well, and aside from pressing well, and maybe recycling the ball, I don't see what else he does. But all in all, it's maybe another issue is probably the, the quality of the French league because when you play in the French league and you've got to take a couple of steps up every time you go to the Champions League, there's a, there's a way that affects the team. Uh, the managers are on the problem. I don't think Galtieri is the kind of manager that can handle those kind of players. Perhaps they need someone with uh, a better reputation. I know that has not worked in the past, but that might work. Someone like Mourinho would have a bigger say than someone like Galtieri. So they, they, they've got a lot of things to do. And I think aside from what's going on on the pitch, what's going on outside the pitch is also an issue now because we know Qatar tend to sell they intend to sell 20% of PSG this summer they're trying to you know reduce the investment in PSG uh, for reasons like um, they can't expand the Parc des Princes because the uh, the council won't let them do it and the council won't sell them the, the, the stadium so they're not there's no way to make more money from PSG there's no way to recruit uh, the investment in PSG so even the owners are beginning to reduce the investment in the team. Uh, another issue, they don't, the best young players in Paris don't play for PSG. Like Dembele, like um, Kinsley Coleman, all of them, they, they, they don't play for, for PSG. Well, it's because funny no, because they all started from PSG. That's the point. There's no pathway, right? Because they're always buying superstars and then they, they keep losing these young players. Players that perhaps if they're kept, they won't have to spend so much money to bring Neymar or or to bring Messi, and you know the team will probably be on better financial footing, right? So there are lots of problems with PSV from the top to the bottom. Well, uh, let's let's segue to Chelsea picking up, you know, three wins on the bounce. Um, they started playing a 3-4-3 and probably trying to stick to that kind of formation and not chopping and changing and it's beginning to yield fruits you know they beat Leeds and then they beat um, Borussia 2-0 and then of course over the weekend they won 3-1 um, Ramsey you've been a big adv- advocate for for Potter that you know he should stay and he should fix it and that he's a very good coach he doesn't become bad overnight so what is it mindset that has changed or is just because he has decided to stick to information or tactics what exactly has changed for Chelsea in the last couple, last one week with the last Ooh. 
Okay. I, I knew they were going to overturn the result against Dortmund because Dortmund knows how to uh, be underwhelming when you expect so much from them. Look at them over the weekend where Schalke, they led twice and then they lost the lead and now Bayern has the advantage again. So I'm not really, like like I said, I expected them to turn to overturn the result and they did. So, but looking at Chelsea now, Chelsea isn't playing well, really. Uh, the games they've won, like three on the bounce now, against, over the weekend, they didn't play well yesterday. No, not like they played very well. Against Leicester City, they, they took their chances and they won. If they are taking their chances in all those games uh, where they recorded poor results, I'm not sure Chelsea fans will be asking for the aid of uh, Potter. I think what is affecting them is uh, they're so used to winning every day and now they're not interested in projects. And then like uh, some of us pointed out on this uh, podcast, projects are about results as well. As you're trying to uh, build something, you must also give us something to hang on to. So I, I considered at that time that it needed something for us to open. And I think it's doing it now. I don't see, right now, I still don't see that pattern. Right, I still don't see that pattern. If you look at the way they, they play, yesterday they were very fortunate against the Leicester City that didn't have balls at all. At 1-1, Leicester was on the ascendancy and somehow they conceded and they didn't get back into the game. So as we speak right now, Chelsea is still not there. They play a team that is very, very strong. And it seems that is, even if they don't have strong names, if they play Southampton again today, they might lose and then we go back to asking if Potter should go. I think Potter needs time, like I said before, but he also needs to show workings. And showing workings is not about uh, winning 1-0 or sitting back or relying on individual brilliance. You need to give us a pattern. Like when Arsenal was struggling uh, way back, we could see what Teta was trying to do. Even though it wasn't working, uh, 10 games, just one win, it wasn't working, but you could see what he was trying to do. And then when he gelled, five points clear on top of the log when people were thinking they would probably just fight for top four. So it can happen like that for Potter. But right now, as much as I want them to persist with him, as much as I want them to hang on to him and let him build his own philosophy into those players, uh, interestingly, there's no ego problem in Chelsea as we speak right now. And I'm a little surprised that you, you can imagine buying a player for over £100 million and we're not hearing issues of somebody uh, forming um, better, like we have it in PSG, like I rightly pointed out, because the problem of PSG is ego overload, uh, a dead midfield, and then a lot of over- overrated players. Uh, Messi is no doubt the best in the world, according to FIFA, uh, not going to that. But then, are they really showing work in snow? So we might have that kind of situation in Chelsea where you have uh, players that are earning a lot of money but not showing workings on the pitch. Enzo Fernandez is looking the part, his passes, the way he, try, uh, he tries to control games. But the people around him, what are they doing? You can imagine you playing with Conor Gallagher. What's going on? Come on. So, uh, but then I want them to hang on to him, but I'm still not convinced. Yes, uh, they beat. Uh, the beats Borussia Dortmund, but if you look at the goals they scored, that penalty should never have been retaken. Chewell was ahead of the person they accused of encroaching, and then that push they were talking about, I didn't see it. So they were they were fortunate, but then sometimes in football you need to be fortunate at times uh, for you to win the league, for you to win uh, tournaments. The best of teams sometimes there's that element of luck that follows you. But for Chelsea right now, they need to do more than what they are currently doing for them to be really convincing uh, vis-a-vis how much they have spent. Yeah. All right. Thank you.
Um, let's 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 segue. Let's shift to mind you. You know they've you know last week they lost handsomely in Anfield, and then this week you know against them um, Real Betis, a very strong La Liga side. Although they've gone off the boil a bit, a little bit, you know they they smashed them four-one. And the thing that I liked about it was that the same set of players that lost four-one went out and you know and that was the same set of players um Ten Hag did. Um, Lisa, talk to me about Ten Hag's um, mentality with that team concerning the comeback, at least from that shellacking. <laughs> I don't know why you keep calling me that. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Um, yeah, when I saw the um, Betis lineup, um, I felt like Ten Hag was trying to, you know, have them face, you know, it was at Old Trafford, have them face the fans and play that ball and win it for the fans. Because I remember, I don't know, I saw it on Twitter about how Tenag threatened that, you know, if he if he, if he wanted to, he would have just made them, um, he wouldn't have allowed them go back to their base with the team boss. I think he said something like that, that he, they are lucky that he didn't do that to them. So I feel like he wanted them to, you know, prove that, that loss to Liverpool, like I said, I keep saying this thing, it was just a fluke. Like, it will not happen again. And it, it will not happen. I mean, not to. Sorry? 7 nil is never a fluke. It, that one was a fluke. Because when I watched that match, because I didn't really watch it, but when I went back to watch it, I mean, the way goals were just coming, like, it was so, I could not even place it. Luke Shaw was off. All of them were just, I don't know. I don't know what happened to all of them that day. I don't know if, they got scared of Anfield or, you know, they lost their heads immediately when um, they scored out first in the first half. I thought that maybe coming back into the game. Honestly, I was thinking the um, the coach was going to make changes, like bring on Wambisaka for Dalo, but he didn't do that. So when I saw the lineup against Lexus, I felt like he was trying to teach them a lesson and let them know that if you cannot be Betis, um, I'm going to start dropping you guys. Because you notice that almost all these players, apart from um, Wambisaka and, you know, a lot that low, they switch places. Almost all the others, you know, they are part of the starting 11 for Ten Hag. So I felt like that was what he was trying to do. If you do not perform, if you do not do well in this game against Betis, then, I mean, I'll start bringing in younger guys, you know, all that guys come and take your position. I think that was what he was trying to do, then, you know, teach them a lesson. And they did come true, like, at least the front, um, guys, they all got goals on the day, and you know that was a good thing for for them as well, and also you know boosted their confidence too. So I think that was what Tenag was trying to do, you know, do some kind of psychology, whatever, whatever. Oh, okay. All right. Um, Folu, there's a young there's a young man in there's a young man in Anfield that is taking him that you guys are doing, and you guys continually take points from. You've done very well against the big sides, especially at home. Um, and you've beaten Man City and then you lost the next game to, I think, Nottingham Forest or something like that. And then you you, you beat Man U 7-0 and then this weekend you lose to Bournemouth and you never look like you were going to win. And Sholanke is bullying Van Dyke and um, um, Van Dyke and Konati and I'm like, wow, that's not supposed to be the Van Dyke we know is not supposed to do that and that um, Mutara who was the man of the match he ran the show and defensively they played very well and they deserve to win 
you guys got a penalty which was suspect but it was a penalty and Salah waste a penalty is a penalty he can miss it it's that that's not a big deal so what's wrong with Liverpool why the why the consistent inconsistency like I said earlier um so far this season um the away records have been horrible um I really don't know what could be the reason why when we go out, especially when we concede first away, we rarely get anything out of that game. And I know out of about maybe 10 games, we've lost about seven or eight of them away from home. Um, it has to do with the mentality, having the crowd behind us. And uh, when we don't have that and we go uh, short, we just don't find the find the rhythm. Um, the only thing we get is um, the possession, um, which really is not everything. Um, really, uh, the problem is it has to be just um, the mentality of the players when they are away from home, and um, that's something that I know in the last um, press conference, um, Klopp is actually aware of that and is is trying to fix that issue. Um, <clears throat> Um, so far, I think this season the the, the, the aim is just to try and uh, make the top four, um, which I think is still open, and um, we will just call it a bad season. And um, hopefully, they get themselves. So we can't really say what the problem is. And um, for the home games, yes, you can see it in the players, the body language, everything. They they have it at the back of their mind that at home nothing can go wrong and um, they press they play well and you know when you keep creating chances and keep doing the right things you get lucky so and um, away it's just more about keeping the ball keeping the ball keeping the ball which really doesn't amount to anything so I think they need to be more direct when they play away from home and get the ball into the box as soon as possible and um, take your chances. And um, concerning the miss, the penalty, well, like you said, it happens. It was just really sad that um, that was probably the, the chance that we we had to score because um, I know this is the first penalty we're having in in a year. I know since April last uh, April last year, we've not had a penalty in the league. And um, it's something that is very, very well worry about because uh, we have the most touches, second most touches in the box. We're still, we're still looking for that Salah penalty ball, by the way. We still can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> we still can't find it. <laughs> yes, it, it, was, it was a terrible miss. But, you know, it happens even to the best of the best. You can actually miss a penalty. You know, it happens. So, um, I really can't even blame him for that. It happens. The team didn't play very. They didn't play well, and um, I I was actually I had this feeling. I discussed with some of my co- colleagues at work about it. That well, in as much as many of the fans are very happy about the 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 win against Manchester United. Um, away from home is where it really really matters and I think if they can start grinding results away from home then there's a chance that um, top four um, we can still make it and um, 
when you look at the next three, four features, it's just, well, it's tough games, but, you know, um, Liverpool always find a way to, you know, grind out results with the big boys and uh, just... Except, except Real Madrid. Well... <laughs> I think <laughs> even 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 getting the definitely I think we're already out of the Champions League. But if they can just get a draw or something, just get a good result, that's the fans will be okay with that. But at this stage, everyone knows we're out of the Champions League. But if you can win, even a two-one or something, or get a draw, the fans will be quite okay with that. So. I think that's that's that. Oh, okay. Yeah, Olajago, I know. Sorry, we haven't come to you since. I know you, you, you've been eager to talk. Yeah, talk to me about you guys have won your last five away matches in London, doing very well. You know, the 12th clean sheet of the season in the league after conceding a couple of goals for a couple of weeks conse- consecutively. You guys played some beautiful football as in. Trossard reminded me of, I don't know whether you watched him play. Um, Ewa, you know this guy, Ramsey, you know him, Alexander Kleb. The tight space movement and everything that he showed, especially today, was just was, was, was sick, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, uh, you touched on it, like the, the, the away form. I'm just looking at it now. Uh, we've played uh, five uh, London derbies away, so Palace... 2-0, Arsenal, Brentford, 3-0, Chelsea, 1-0, Spurs, 2-0, Fulham, 3-0. And that's, that's I mean, like away, away fixtures, any away fixture in the Premier League is, 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 is difficult work. But to do it like in the London Derby where, you know, it's 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 at least on a local level is, is higher stakes um, to, go, to go there, score these amounts of goals, clean shits. So it's a really good... Um, it's a really good like little mini statistic right there so that that's that's something i i, I mean we just i was just mentioning this before we started like i feel like you know, when we go away from home um we're able to we're able to just uh, you know play a game in terms of like it's with, with playing at home you, you know you have like a lot of you have fans on you and the intensity is high and you know there's sixty thousand people calling you and shouting and, and screaming or whatever so there's like a tendency to to play a little bit faster and more intense but when you're away from home you know it's, it's five thousand traveling fans it's not that many so you can just really focus on your game and really you see like you see that the game is so good because um saliba and and uh, Gabriel at the back, in my opinion, is probably the, the best centre back pairing in, in the league. And really, like what they what they do, what what they allow like you to do is kind of like <laughs> I don't I won't even talk so much because it's it's true though. Like we we we've seen the evidence. Oh, for us, okay. <laughs> no, but we've seen it though. Like <laughs> it's not even about a couple of games. But anyways, what they allow like you to do is just like play so high. Um, passing out from the back is is really is really crisp. I mean, the second goal um, that we scored today against Fulham, all like all Arsenal outfield players touched the ball. But really, what what started out the the the, the, the move that scored the goal was really that Saliba switch from his left foot all the way across the pitch to to, to Xhaka. and that's just like a, a quality that the, the team has. Like you're just able to make the pitch. Um, really, really condensed or, or tight, or however you want to call it, and, and keep like the wingers really wide. And I don't know, man. It's just 
it's just really good stuff it's just really good stuff you know like every, every single like area of, of the team there's people like winning their duels and able to find space turn around move um Odegaard again today was really good Partey was was exceptional I guess some people would say that oh like we were this good because we were playing against a full arm without uh, Paulinha but I mean I've, I haven't watched the I haven't watched the 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 guy before so I, I really couldn't tell but I, in any case I, I I think like with the way Partey has been playing like uh, recently I think it should have been that been a non-event anyways um but yeah man I mean just everywhere is really good man it's just you know policy strewn across the pitch um a, a calmness that is is kind of it's kind of surprising for a team so young um a confidence to be able to do what they need to do and just quality across the pitch man and and the last thing i'll mention is is i just i, I do want to like give a shout out to Arteta because you just you just talked about it like Trussard and Trussard wasn't the first like um target it was it was uh it was Mudrick now at Chelsea and it's just like it's is it's good business to be able to see that okay you've seen a need uh jesus is injured or in, in you know in Kenta is coming in but you need somebody to be able to aside from Kenta, just you know keep keep that continuity going and to you know highlight that modric is the uh, modric you know trust that is the person that you need coming from another team in the in the league it's, it's really good business same thing with um same thing with Jorginho. um so yeah man i mean <clears throat> 11 more games to go uh so uh as as people say it's a 11 cup finals to go so i mean i'm confident that the team can can re- retain this level of, of performances and just just keep it going but for, for the most part it's, it's it's really good to see okay um well uh, let's 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 um i think we i think we could, i think we can pick up one more game and let's talk about the tottenham game you know Conte is at loggerheads with the board. I don't know what he, they are fighting about again this time. Conte always seems to fight somebody. Um, it's always very funny that um, how he starts and then he, he finishes well or finishes stronger. Last season when they won, when they qualified for the Champions League, yeah, I think I think you were the one that said it, Olashek, or some other person said it's not like um, Tottenham played well. It's just that um, Arsenal, you know, petered out in the last couple of games and that was why they were not able to make the top four but um Conte has continued to do his thing especially in the league and top four already and they've been there for a couple of weeks or you know they've been doing well Harry Kane keeps scoring goals um um this guy what's the name Son is either is he's in and out of the team because he's not really scoring he's not had a great season um what do you think let me ask you this Ramsey what do you think um Conte's um, outcome will be at the end of the season. Do you think he's going to still be there at the end of the season, or he's going to go, or or where does Conte go from here with this team? Where does Conte go from here from this team? Sorry, let me let me ask it this way: Where does it go from here from this team? That's if he stays or goes, and then if he goes, who do you think they should bring in? I don't think he's going to stay because I don't see them in the top four at the end of the season. Uh, they've missed their chances. Uh, I don't see them finishing the top four because as uh, Liverpool is fumbling and wobbling, Liverpool has a game in hand. Even though they missed a huge chance yesterday at uh, Vitality Stadium, I still think Liverpool would finish fourth over Tottenham. Tottenham has shown too many times that they cannot uh, keep it together. Do you know if Nottingham Forest had scored that penalty yesterday with the two minutes remaining, they could have gotten another goal because uh, Tottenham was already 
they were already shaking and uh, they were already shaking at the back. That penalty could have, the game could have gone, despite the fact that time was running out, that game could have, that game could have gone anywhere. And then if you look at the press conference, uh, war of words, uh, Richarlison, Conte, everybody asking them hard questions and then the way they respond to it. You know, you can be having a rough patch, but it's not about that situation. It's how you react to it. Tottenham doesn't have it in them for them to manage pressure. And that is why at some point you call them the comeback kings. And right now people are coming back to beat them. So they are crumbling. They are out of Europe now. Customary uh, status. Yes, I'm enjoying this as an Arsenal fan. They've forever been Arsenal's shadows. But for Premier League's sake, I really want them to do better than they are doing. And then for, for them to represent London better. But as it stands, I don't see them in the top four. And I don't think Conte is going to stay because he's already trying to bring issues that they cannot live with so that, in a way, pay him severance and he's going to go. I don't think Conte will want to stay without Champions League football. A lot of players would leave. Harry uh, Kane, he was going to sign before. And now he's saying that he wants to wait till the end of the season. Kulisevsky's contract says he doesn't have to stay if they are not in the Champions League. And then some other players are going to rethink their stand. Hugo Lloris is already fumbling and wobbling. He's going to leave. They might want to start from scratch and I hope to get it right. But if they need a coach, I think I've been lifted some sincere CS fan. They might want to consider him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> we failed already. So uh, Ladamboso is free. Uh, if NFL members are doing fine, they might want to consider him or some local coaches in uh, in England. All those Akerunti Stanley, all those MK Dons, they have managers that might want to be interested in projects. Everybody is tilting towards projects now. Brands aside, if they want to build something long term, they might want to look into. But then they don't, they don't have any heritage or any legacy. There's no former player that you want to see come back. Maybe Ledley King. Come on. Ledley King that doesn't play. He come back to the picture. But, okay, give me a name. A legendary name from sports. The only person they have, probably this guy, Chris uh, Mann. Exactly. The figure of Pochettino. No, no, Pochettino go back there. You should not. The PSG job might be free soon. And then come out and join the building company of London. Come on. Wait, wait, wait. The thing is, wait, wait, wait. Has anyone noticed? Antonio Conte and Jose Maria have a lot of things in common. Because, I mean, yes. they're not yes. BFFs. They're not even FFs. Uh, they, they've been known to FNF at one another on the touchline. I mean, January 2018 comes to mind when Man City were charging towards the title at record speed. Uh, Conte and Maria kept going, hurling abuses at each other back and forth. Clown, fake, Demenza Sinile. Uh, you know, and Amorio even went to another level of pettiness by referencing Conte's ban for failing to report Matt Frickson when it was at Calgary. And they have a lot of things in common. They're winners for one thing, and but even helped the rest of the world when they realized they're fighting a losing battle. That is where another shared quality they both have comes in. The uh, aggressive pursuit of the sack. So anytime Conte and Amorio want a sack, it's easy to know. Because they're going to keep complaining, they're going to keep nagging. And Conte is at that point now, he's complaining. They responsibility, they'll be shifting it on someone exactly. else. Uh, even in exactly. denial. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Exactly. They're at that, they're at that point now. So you just know it's coming. Conte wants to leave. You just know. 
<laughs> okay, thank you. So he wants to be sacked so, so, so that he doesn't really want to throw in the towel. Yeah, he wants to be sacked. He doesn't want to resign. So, so he gets yeah. his full package, yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So, for 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 Tottenham, you guys have mentioned names of of, of coaches that you think can can come in. Um. You, there's no left wing ideas from any of you. They're going to lose Kulusevsky, so they should forget about him. If they don't make Champions League, I'm not sure he's going to stay. They're going to lose him. I think they can look in what they can look into the league. There are some fine uh, players that can become better with better equipment, better training facility, under a better manager in the Premier League. Demare Gray is one of them. I don't know. I like that guy a lot. And I believe that he has a lot in him. That he can, uh, if Arsenal allows this guy to leave, uh, Nelson, but I'm not sure he's going to go to, to Tottenham anyways. I doubt he's going to go to Tottenham. But there are some players that Chelsea would like to let go can look into those kind of players. They don't have to go abroad to go look for players, except they're going to South America. Or you want to go learn a thing or two from uh, Brighton, uh, Brighton's recruitment team. I think they can look inward into the league for reinforcements. What about That's manager way. reinforcements? If, if, they, make, if they make a... Asking... No, no, Mamzi was talking about players. Mm, managers, I, I, I have ideas, but let me hear you guys' thoughts. Uh, I think they should take the Zabi from Brighton. They can they can afford it. The Zabi is not bad. I think they should, I think they, should they should just go for Pochettino, man. I mean, no, don't come back. It doesn't make no, any no, no, Pochettino is a great, it's a, it's a good, it's, a, it's the name everybody is talking about. But I'm, I'm just asking, like, you know, for like a left wing idea and stuff. It doesn't, Pochettino is the name everybody is talking about here. But names like, that's why I mentioned someone like Valverde that was in Barcelona, you know, that won a couple of league titles. I, I, yeah. I don't really, I don't trust that guy. I, I don't really think that guy. He had Messi when he was when he won the league. What are you talking about? What has he done with Athletic Bilbao? I think he was very good with Athletic Bilbao. As much as possible, they have his At the start of the season, where are they now? They are going to lose to Barcelona again tonight. They can consider Xabi Alonso at Frank at. No, Valverde is not coaching at the moment. That was before he joined. No, he's at Bilbao. No, he's not. No, he's not. He's not him at Bilbao. Let us talk about that. Well, anyway, okay. I, mean, I, I get okay. his point, but I don't. I don't think Valverde is actually suited for Tottenham. To be fair, I don't. And so, like Olajegun was saying before we, before we start recording, that you know, probably they should look at it as you know what we are very good. We're a top six team. We would we'll win a lot of games. We are going to excite our fans here and there. I, I, you know, what you guys are saying makes a whole lot of sense. Maybe we should have a b- better recruitment. Try and, you know, have a philosophy of what we want to do. Whether it's build young players from England or get young players from maybe South America or Asia or something. They've they've been they've been a serious hit with Son. So probably there are one or two gems right there in Asia that they can pick up as young talents and you know nurture them and hopefully get great great returns from them. But they, you know, wait, 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 wait. Why are we talking like? Why are we talking like Tottenham is a basket case there, guys? Wait, 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 wait. With all due respect, Tottenham <laughs> has played 
in the Champions League more than Arsenal in the past decade. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. So with, let's not let's not let's not act like oh Tottenham are so poor they should give up on this, their ambitions and they should just start they should become a developmental club. That's that's ridiculous, guys. It's ridiculous. This is a team that played in the Champions League final a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. True. City have made City have made only one Champions League final since this new era. So they're not as bad as so pretend as if football started in the last decade. Yeah, football just started. That's why it's a, no, no. We, we can't. If you're so talking you about if you look, look, if you're gonna buy, if you're gonna buy sports now, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna play, they deserve whatever thing we say about them right now. Listen, listen. If you take over, if you take over a business, if you take over a business, and you want to plan for the long term, you're not gonna look at what they did 30 years ago, are you? You're going to look at something more recent. Well, so, this fact can still not be uh, eroded. But then, like I said earlier, Valverde is the current manager of Bilbao. Understand? Valverde is the current manager of Valverde of Bilbao, rather. Yeah. Okay, 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 good. But, but the point I'm trying to make is, uh, Man City did not have this history thing you're talking about. But look at where they are now. I know it's not the same story, but Tottenham is built in a way that. If they get more investment, they could be as powerful as Man City. Right now, they've got the mo- right now they've got the most modern stadium in in the UK. So they have the stadium. All they just need is a, a rich owner. Yeah, Trust but me, how 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 appealing is is Tottenham for uh, a, a foreign foreign investments me, group or company very, or country or whatever? Tottenham is very appealing. It's no, okay, London. so okay, okay, yeah, they're in London. Yeah, they, they have a good stadium. They have a good training ground. Whatever. In an era where people invested in Newcastle, trust me. I, uh, exactly. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't. I didn't say it wasn't appealing. Newcastle is is way more appealing than 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 Tottenham Hell because no. wait, no, wait, 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 wait a sec. Let me not, let me let me say why. Can I say why? The old the old North stop that and the North they've got the fans. It's not. But yeah, but that is but that is a factor. Like Newcastle, it's a factor. If, so, so so the Saudi guys. The, this is not a political debate, but from what people uh, think that they're trying to do, is they're trying to sports watch, they're trying to, you know, launder their image. What's a better country uh, club to do that than a Newcastle that has been in England since, uh, playing in England since the 19th century or whatever. They have this long history. They have a player that's in Alan Shearer that is the top goal scorer in the Premier League history. They have this bigger yeah. stadium. Yeah. Like, they have so many, yeah. like, they have so many reasons. Saudi Arabia initially wanted to buy Manchester United. You know that, right? Yeah, but that's that, wait, that's, that's was, wait, wait, but that's Newcastle, that, that that doesn't. Newcastle was an easy target because Ashley wanted out. Exactly, but if you say it's they want to buy, if they if they wanted to buy United, that's that that serves the same purpose because United is the biggest club in in maybe world football. Like we, we that that would be a, a good like club to buy. My point is, why would a club uh, or a company or a country wants to buy Tottenham. That's what I I don't get why you're asking me that question. It, that's what I'm it's saying. Ridiculousness. Ridiculousness. Just Like I don't get. Someone just bought Newcastle, and you still think, oh, why would anyone want to buy Spurs? That's got a better stadium located in a better place, and you think it's ridiculous. I don't Come think it's, I don't think it's ridiculous. I'm just I'm just I, what I'm saying is the the 
the um, what's the word what's the word i'm looking for the 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 visuals of it's like the way it's perceived to to be associated with a historic club than newcastle is probably more um appealing than that it would be to be uh associated with, how is, how with Tottenham. How is, newcastle, how is newcastle more appealing than Tottenham? New, newcastle have won lo- less trophies than Tottenham in the same period in the same period so Newcastle was almost relegated last season before they bought them over. Come on, what are you saying? Yeah, so if you're talking about history, I don't, I don't see the history in Newcastle. That is more appealing to them as we speak than like, even as we, even right now, even the fact that they are doing well now, they're in the top six. I think they're playing one-one right about now. I think uh, Wolves equalised. So I, as as we speak, Tottenham is still more appealing. Tottenham still have that chance of making Champions League than Newcastle, despite all the money they have. They are they are punching above <laughs> Why would you think Newcastle would be up there way more than Tottenham? Forget the fact that Tottenham is in national shadows. Yeah, we can understand that. They know they are mates, but then they are above Newcastle <laughs> in every sense. Oh, okay, okay, guys. Let's 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 move to let's move to uh, our boy in 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 Syria, Napoli. What you know, uh, Napoli at Atlanta. I was surprised at how easy that game was. Yeah, I mean, I saw the highlights today. I didn't, I didn't cut the game. I think it was another game on, but uh, it's a good like. It, it was like the longer highlights. It was a good um, uh, response from the disappointments of last week, uh, the, the loss to Lazio, and yeah, I mean, funny enough, Osimhen didn't actually score today, but he assisted uh, Kavashkilia's goal. I uh, boy, like what a goal it was! Like the. He gets the ball like off on the edge of the box from from Osiman and cuts in twice, roofs it to the to the roof of the net. And yeah, I mean he's been like probably the the standout player of I, I don't know. I'll go as far as to say maybe Europe. I guess I mean Mbappe has scored more goals than him. I, I think if I'm not mistaken. But Mbappe is doing it in the PSG team that has been like it, it's PSG, you know, and it's it's the French league. Kabachkile is coming from Ruben Kazan and he's doing it in a Napoli side that's about to win the league for the first time in, in just, you know, over 30 years or something like that. So, it's, uh, yeah, he's been the standout player. It's funny, he, he, he was, I think he was player of the month um, for the Serie A last month and he's just carried on this, like, great vein of form. He, he's able to go inside, outside. Like, he just, he's just, like, he oozes confidence every time he's, he's um he's on the ball and yeah i mean it's just like they've, they've been really good they've been really good this season i think i think that goes without saying uh, uh spalletti has done like uh, an amazing job um especially i, I i'm really like uh, what i really like about them aside from the obvious like quality of the attack is uh zambo agisa who has been like you know he's been magnificent in the midfield like breaking up stuff getting on to the end of, of stuff on the other side you know very very good passer as well that might get a, a little bit overlooked um but yeah i mean just the, the way i've been able to and that was this is a guy from 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 fulham a couple of seasons ago also so the way he has been able to like put this just this good team together and we're great team together it's it's, it's really good man i'm really really happy for them and i hope I can't even say I hope anymore because I think like it's almost a foregone conclusion. But yeah, it's be it's be really great for them to win. It's especially saying as over the past couple of seasons they have been close and then just um, they haven't been able to see it over. But I think well, I, I, I'm fairly confident that this season will be um, um, yeah, it's, it's be an end to that. Okay, so AY, um, what Oshimen and um, Oshimen and um, Lobotka. What would they add to your team? 
Uh, well, I mean, for Shimen, it's, uh, what can I say? Considering United need um, a striker so bad, I think Oshima fits um, well the the kind of striker we probably need. Uh, but personally, I think um, it, it's more likely we go for Kane, the way I see it. But uh, if 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 Kane is too too costly, then maybe we'll go for Oshima. But they're probably both going to be about the same. Same price. Yeah, so. about the same price. Yeah. She makes good money. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh Well, I don't know. He's uh, he's what twenty eight. Is um, is on this. Is on the, you know, small side. So I don't. I don't. Huh? That's, that's what the way he controls the game. He's a feisty player. He tackles neatly. Yeah, he doesn't slide a lot. You know, he keeps the ball ticking, keeps it recycled. Always gives knows how to give to Kim Min Jae or the right. You know, Kim Min Jae uses yeah. his two legs. Yeah, knows how to recycle it, keep the ball to the flanks when necessary. Uh, he's just he's a classy player. He's a classy player. You guys need somebody in the midfield to you know link up the attack and the midfield and stuff. And Lobotka to me, he, he, I'm sure he but yeah is Napoli, so they are going to ask for the farm. And because he's a starter, but I'm sure he, you know, he's not going to cost as much as a Declan Rice and stuff like that. Uh, you know, United we tend to go for the glam, glam players. So <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> United are more likely to go for uh, someone like Bellingham or something. So I don't know. That, that's what I feel like. Let, let's wait. To Who is more suited for United, uh, uh, Osimhen or Kane, especially next season? Sorry, with I, the, I said who is more suited for United? Who is more suited for United with the way you guys are set up uh with, with Rashford? Um the guys in your team, who who will be a better uh striker addition? Would it be Kane or Osiman? I think I think normally it should be Osiman because he's also very pacey and all that. So in terms of pace, I think Oshiman looks like someone that can work well with Rashford. And then of course, because Oshima can also play off a striker, you know. So I would naturally say Oshima, uh, but you have to consider other factors like you'll be coming to a new league. Uh, Oshima seems to be a bit injury prone sometimes. Uh, Africa factor. So I don't know. But all things being equal, I think Oshima suits Rashford better than Kane does. Personally, that's what I feel. You don't think the fact that Kane can yeah. drop deep and, and kind of spin, uh, turn and, and play those balls in behind better than Osimhen would probably be uh, an advantage for Kane? Uh, the, 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 problem, the, problem that, the problem is Kane does that very well at Spurs because they don't have a 10 like Bruno Fernandes, right? We have Bruno Fernandes. So when you have Kane dropping in, dropping back to do what Fernandes does, then... It's a bit of a duplicating duties, right? So, of course, that helps. It, it helps if your your striker can drop in and do other things. Fine, but when you have Bruno, we don't necessarily need that. We just need someone that works well with the front players, really. That works well with Rashford on the left, and maybe Sancho or Antonio on the right or something. That that to me is what we need. Not necessarily dropping to ten to help. We have Ericsson behind Bruno. Then we have you get so if he's dropping to the middle is there's a congestion there. 
already. Which doesn't have a spurs. A spurs doesn't have a 10, really. They don't have a 10 like Bruno. So that's why that works there. I just also think that what what you're saying, I agree with you concerning Kane. And I also think because, you know, he's a versatile player and it was Mourinho that really encouraged this aspect of him and, you know, he has blossomed with it. But now that um, if he comes to a man, you, like you said, you know, there's... there's um, there's um, Bruno, there's Ericsson. Um, there are other guys that can can drop those passes. Even Casemiro too can drop those long passes and stuff across, you know, b- behind into the channel. So I think he will be sorted and he will just do the goal scoring, which is ridiculously insane. With so, anyways, um, finally Real Madrid. They, you know, they their first win since maltreating um, <laughs> um, Liverpool. At um, Anfield, I'm serious. They haven't won a single game since that time, and um, they finally won. I, almost when you watch their games, you just feel that sometimes when they win is because um, they have more talent and stuff. When they win in Europe, you just feel okay. It's mentality. And today's game, yesterday's game, was just you just felt like you know what we have more talent than you guys, and we're going to use it. And they used it, and they won. That's there was to me there was nothing too tactical in terms of analysis that I'm going to talk about you know, in, in, in terms of it. Ramsey? You know, it's not even about them not winning. They weren't scoring. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. They, that's weren't, true. they weren't scoring. So, uh, like you rightly said, I think in the league, probably they've given up in the league that Barcelona should have it and then Champions League, they want to go and do what they know how to do. But it might not be easy this time. Uh, if Manchester City uh, get their act together, I'm actually rooting for Manchester City. Yeah, that's strange for an Arsenal fan, but yes, they can have it. I really want Pep Guardiola to leave the league for Arsenal. Let him go and focus on the Champions League. <laughs> so that he can have an easier run. Yeah. So, but for Real Madrid, I'm not really convinced about them this season, to be very honest. Uh, they've been, they've, they've just been strolling when they get results, fine when they don't. They're not really convincing. It's not as if Barcelona is all that. Look at what Amelia did to Barcelona recently. Barcelona is really all that for them to have that kind of gap in the over there. So, but yesterday, I actually enjoyed their game yesterday. They came back from behind to beat Espanyol 3 1. But no matter what is happening to Liverpool, no matter how good Liverpool is, they can beat Manchester United and do whatever it is they want to do to them. Madrid will dump them again from the Champions League. So, the more you go at them like you're seeking revenge, the more they give you more reasons to be angry to come back again next season, like a repeater station. So, I think, forget it. They're going to dump Liverpool on Wednesday and then they take it up from there again. One, you know, they get better with games in the Champions League. So I really, I don't want to face them when Arsenal gets to the Champions League next season. I don't want to face them until one day maybe they have any bad run. Yeah. But uh, for the league, I think they just forget about it. Barcelona won the league. With the way they are playing now. Nah. In the league, they just like, just individual brilliance. That's how they've been getting by in the league. But in Champions League, they are different animal. The old different animal, but I don't want them to win in this year. They're not the only team in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, man. Um, um thank you very much, Olashagun. Thank you very much, Ramsey. Yep, Chargers. Yeah. All right. Um, Ewa, what's happening in the NBA? Oh wow. Um, well, nothing, nothing extraordinary. Um. We're still at the you know tail end of the season. 
the the Mavericks are struggling with their their two offensive players. Uh, that is Luka Doncic and um, um, Kyrie. Both of them are shooting well. They, they, they have they have high points, but they're not um, they're not winning. They've played nine games now. They've lost six, and they've won on the three. Their can defend. Ah uh, well, I don't know. Well, maybe. Uh, but then again, uh, uh, you have to understand uh, Kleber is injured, so maybe when Kleber comes back, there might be you know the defense might look better. The fear now is they shouldn't fall into the playing right. Because it looks like the Lakers will be in the playing. Uh, if I look at might even make the playoffs. You know, since they make those trades, man, as in they've they've won they've won five out of the last seven. Yeah, really because, if I, because if I look at the, the playing uh, positions now, it's Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, and Utah, and then you have New Orleans just under underneath them. So Minnesota, Dallas, Lakers, Utah in the playing. I think I will take the Lakers if uh, James is, is, is fit. So it's going to be probably between, between Dallas and Minnesota. Mm, you get So it's a bit risky. So I think for their own good, they should try and be in the top six. But it's not so difficult. They're just a game behind Golden State, two games behind the Clippers, three games behind the Suns. So it's not, it's not impossible. But uh, like I said, they need to get their acts together real soon. The Lakers, on the other hand, they're doing well without James. They, I think they won uh, midweek with uh, Anthony Davis scoring 30 points. And then they won yesterday with uh, D'Angelo Russell scoring 28 points. Yeah, and, and, and Anthony Davis scoring 8 points. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not big on Davis, so... <laughs> Uh, the Celtics beat the Hawks yesterday. Uh, Clippers beat the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks have been on fire lately, but you know, I guess that that has been e- extinguished a bit. Uh, the Warriors beat the Bucks. That was a really good one in, in overtime. So uh, today, Nets and Nuggets, uh, Cleveland and the Hornets, Wizards and the Sixers, uh, Blazers and Pelicans, Thunder and Spurs, Knicks and the Lakers. So. The Lakers need they need points. I think they, they need to keep just keep getting points because the playing is gonna be real tough. But with James there, I think I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. So at the start of the season, we thought it was virtually impossible for them to even make the playoffs. But after trading Russell Westbrook, whom I've always said was the problem, things are looking <laughs> up. Yeah. Okay. Why can't why can't Embiid be the front runner for the MVP? I think he's been the to me. I feel he's been the best player this season. Yeah, people will say Jokic and stuff, but I think he's been the best player this season. Uh, no, I wouldn't say Embiid is the best player. Embiid. Um... Okay, he's been the MVP. Let me not use the best player. No, no. Best player I think um, uh, Embiid struggled at the start of the season because the, the Sixers also struggled. So. Towards towards the middle and till now, I think Embiid has been real good. Uh, like I always say, Embiid, without doubt, he's a stud. He's a very good player, but MVP not this season. I think I think it's going to be Jokic though. I think it's going to be Jokic. Maybe Embiid will be second or third, but I don't. I think it's a bit too late for Embiid to win it. And then of course you have Jokic making, you know, triple doubles every game. So. 
<laughs> I was indeed actually gonna catch a break. Okay. But well, he's he's still one player that he's still one player that doesn't do well in the playoffs, and you know all these things tend to matter when they when they are doing the MVP votings and stuff. So I, I, I you know, we are talking well, about the MVP. The, MVP the, the reason MVP. why Yang gets a three P. The reason why um, even um, Steve Nash, your favorite player didn't get a three-peat was because you know guys you're, you're not doing anything well you're not doing well in the playoffs we can't give you a three-peat you know and then he's going to get that uh, like i like i like i said um we have a situation where we don't have you know a player that is heads above the rest like we had like we had you know in, in the in the in the 90s and in the, the 2000s and go here we have players that they're not perfect players. So the only player that is sort of perfect always looks like the best all the time. And that's joking. Of course, Jokic also has his deficiencies. He can be a bit slow. He's not that you know, hard on defense and all that. But he makes up for it with quality offense. Your offense goes through him. When your center controls the offense, it's, I mean, it just cooks the opposition because your, your center is the biggest guy. He can space the floor better. He can shoot. So he has a huge advantage. The same advantages in B also has them, but unfortunately, he's on a, you know, his team didn't do well at the start, and he also struggled. Uh, I believe if he has the kind of partners Jokic has, I think things might be a little, a little better for him. But he's got Arden, who is now transitioning from a from a volume shooter to more, you know, an assist maker now because he has lost his space and his explosiveness. Those are factors that are probably affecting Embiid. But like I said, the problem is it's a bit too late right now. If next season he continues this momentum, then he could still win. I mean, Embiid is 28, right? He could still win the MVP. He could still win. I don't see any player that I will take over. Him. Maybe if Donji has a better season next season, maybe. Or Tatum. I mean, Jokic is not going to win four straight. Go for it. So maybe next stage is here. Thank, thank you very much, Ay. Thank you, and for the for the house for this um, wonderful episode of Between the Lines. Make sure you check us out on all podcast platforms. We drop every new episode on Monday by ten a.m. Um, thank you very much, and um, good night. Yeah, good night.